What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to The Window, Canada's sports betting podcast. Ahead on today's episode of The Window, another stupid night in the NHL. What I'd do differently in the Oilers-Leafs games, but why the handicap was defensible, even if it helped prove one of the staples of the let's-do-that-hockey model. Then there's the massive on-ice outlier that went down in Vancouver with the shootout loss, Cherry on Top. Then it's part three of the Vanier with the friends of the podcast bidding on bets for Championship Sunday. How the strategy gets turned up a notch for our patented pool. Can I pull off my plan to catch the leader? It's time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome to The Window. I'm your host and sports betting professional, Matt Russell. Let's start with some don't look back in anger. More, not so much anger, but frustration in the NFL. And it shows, you know, shows us what we get, really, for betting the Leafs and laying minus 150 in the NHL on a, frankly, mediocre team. That said, the bet was defensible in hindsight, right? The handicap was, strictly speaking, 5-on-5, five five, the play is Edmonton as a small underdog. But the Oilers came in with net zero goals on the power play, right? Two goals, four on the power play over the course of their first, what, four games. And two goals against on their own power play, right? Two shorthanded goals against. So when they go to the power play, they ended up net zero over the course of the first four games. And while Toronto comes in net plus six or one and a half per game. And as much as I don't believe in the predictive value of the power play, and listen, this game didn't do anything to change my position on that, right? The regret is sort of going off my position and seeing something this drastically weighted from one team to another was the thing that, I don't want to say forced me into, but led me into this quote unquote mistake, right? But like, you'd think that would have to mean something, something that drastic. And well, they tricked me, right? Total backfire. So while Edmonton was better five on five, it's all relative as this game in general was just hideous, right? Edmonton got the only power play goal and that was the difference. Obviously, that would have been the thing that surprised us. And when we're talking about a 2-1 to one game, sure, 3-1 to one on the scoreboard, thanks to the empty net goal. But 2-1 to one in the game, it's like both teams scored really atrocious 5-on-5 five five goals, right? Not high danger chances by any stretch of the imagination. So they both teams go over low numbers, by the way, in high danger chances. And then Edmonton's the one to get the power play goal. And so that's what I talk about when I say like the predictive element of power play, you know, efficiency just isn't there because you can have a team who right now this season 45% on the power play. You can have another team who's like 10% on the power play and has given up just as many goals as they've actually scored. You'd expect Edmonton's best chance to win a game against Toronto in like a six to five type of game, right? Where they're running and gunning and both teams are getting a ton of high danger chances and you hope the variance works out for Edmonton in that situation. Is it a matter of, okay, well now Edmonton's power play has decided that yesterday was the point of progression, right? Like the progression back towards the mean as they move up and now is Toronto going to regress? Now we've talked about it yesterday, right? Both things are going to happen over the course of 56 games here, right? They're not, Toronto's not going to be 40% on the power play. Edmonton's not going to be that bad. But really the question is, did it have to start last night? And that's what we're looking at when it comes to power plays and the, and the trend element of are they trending well? Are they trending up? Are they trending down? And a game that I would, you know, so in this case, I wouldn't bet that game the same way because now that's, I don't want to say proven to me because that's probably not correct, but like it's just another piece of ammunition that I have in saying that power play is unpredictable. And that's all we're trying to do, right? We're trying to be on a better side and have a little bit of an edge on probability. And so I wouldn't make this bet again. A game that I would bet again is Vancouver and Montreal from last night. In fact, I am. Tonight, I'm betting it all over again. And I've written a game preview for the Action Network that talks about the game last night and everything that had to go right for Vancouver. Simply put, at its core level, 6-1 to on 
the power play, right? Six power plays for Vancouver, just one for Montreal. The Canucks, zero power play goals all season long. Does that sound familiar, right? Terrible power play. It's not clicking, yada, yada, yada. Three goals last night. Their first three power play goals of the season. And even with that, getting six power plays, converting on three of them for an absurd 50%, even with that, they still needed a shootout to win the game. In fact, they were actually losing the game for a brief period of time late in the third period. And yes, of course, another overtime game goes the wrong way. So just as we get off the high of Detroit actually winning a overtime game for us, we go right back to one and four so far this season on overtime games. Now, again, these are supposed to be about a 50% clip here. We're hitting at about a 20% clip. Over the course of the season, this should get better. And of course, that will turn the record as well. These will even out, I think. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. So for tonight in the North, in a cold streak like this, you know, before we get into it, I implore you to ask yourself if this makes sense to you, okay? So Winnipeg and Ottawa, the true line for me based on the model, now let's do this hockey model, let's do that hockey model, sorry, Laszlo, is Ottawa minus 137. You can get them at plus 105. I would make that bet. What does minus 137 mean? Like we have to remember what this actually indicates. It means that Ottawa wins this game 57.78, to be super specific, percent of the time. The market is telling you that they're going to win this game less than 50% of the time. So if I believe my model here, I believe that they are going, that there's value here, that there's frankly 8% of value, which is way more value than we usually get here. Because again, we're talking about thin slices here and we've seen it with hockey, right? We've had all of these outlying performances like the one in Vancouver last night in like the first matchup between Winnipeg and Ottawa. Like basically, listen, at this point, like 90% of the games that we've been betting on here based on this information. The market has the Senators at 10% below average. It's an improvement on the 25% below average that they had them before the season started when they were you know, ranked obviously dead last in the division and with a point total over under incredibly low of just checking on it right now. It was what? Oh my God, yeah, they had it that low. Um, they had them at 47 and a half points this season. And listen, maybe it goes really ba badly for Ottawa here, but 47 and a half points, that's way too low, obviously. And they're making that adjustment, right? We're seeing them make that adjustment. My preseason rating of them had them just slightly below average, which would be about 61, 62 points. We'll see at the end of the year, you know, obviously a bunch of stuff can happen between now and then, but we'll see at the end of the year what their number is actually closer to. But we are seeing them move up to the point where now they are 10% below average. So we're getting closer to straight up average. And that's all we're requesting here of the Ottawa Senators. Can they get there? Well, who knows? But they've shown so far that they can. And as, as they've played right now through three games, not a ton of sample size, understand that but through three games they've played 14 percent above average that's actually at a level right now of the way that tampa bay has played and you're like what ottawa's not as good as tampa bay like that's ridiculous blah, blah 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 not saying that they are but when you look at again five on five the high danger chances that they created the expected goals for that they've had and on the flip side that they've allowed they are at a 14% above average rate, right? A win over Toronto, a pretty decent performance in a loss the very next day, and a game that they absolutely should have won against the Jets in the third game. So given those three games that they've played, and if we want to compare them to Tampa Bay, not that I'm asking you to do this, but like Tampa Bay played two games so far against Chicago. So there's no real way to know that they're that good at this point in time because they had just sort of run-of-the-mill very good performances and very good meaning like 15 percent above average so does all of this stuff make sense to you because if it does then sure go ahead and make the bet 
Could they play their worst game tonight? Yeah, they absolutely could. It's a definite maybe. But since there's a gap between their price right now and the level to which they've played and the level that I think they can play to, right? The level they've played to this point is higher than I thought that they could play to, right? And the level that I think they can play to is still higher than the rating that they have right now to an average team. So again, if I think they can get there, I have to keep betting them. Again, maybe they take a step back tonight and they lose. And maybe they take a step forward in the next game or the game after that and so on and so forth. But to me, at plus 105 or better, it and listen, even maybe a little bit worse. I even had a plus you know, 100, even, even money. Uh, it's worth a bet. I have a preview on this as well up on the Action Network. So you can go and read sort of a more elaborate maybe more, maybe less pithy um, <laughs> preview to this game. Just talked about the preview on Montreal and Vancouver as well. The true line, I will tell you, is up for Montreal, right? Even though they lost, their rating improves because of how well they played five on five. Again, more details on this on the preview, but the true line for them is Montreal minus 162. And you're like, okay, I'm still not really understanding these money lines and how this all works. Minus 162 means an implied win probability of 61.88%. So let's just say 62%. So we think there's a 62% chance of Montreal win, winning excuse me, this game tonight. Well, the market is giving them a 57.4% chance based on the fact that widely available at the very least you can get minus 135. You can get a better price than that in certain spots, and I encourage you to grab that as well, or of course instead. But the point is, if I think there's a 62% chance that they win and the market is pricing it at 57%, I think the market's making a mistake. And I think we're getting a 4.5% edge, which again, is a pretty decent sized edge. From a market standpoint, I think there's still room for Montreal to rise based on how they've played, based on my expectation at the start of the season for how they'll play. I think there's still room for Vancouver to fall. Again, talked about this yesterday. If there's room for Vancouver to fall and if there's room for Montreal to rise, then neither team is, you know, in the case of Montreal, they're not overrated yet. Vancouver's not underrated yet. Will there be a point when Vancouver gets underrated? Maybe. Will there be a point when Montreal gets overrated? Maybe as well. As for the Central, no games last night, and there is a game tonight. The bad news is, if you want to sort of call it that, we don't really have a play for this game. My true number is Tampa Bay minus 147. You're not getting that. That is closer to a minus 160 out there, so no value there. And then you turn it around. You go, okay, that means Tampa Bay plus 147 is a good, you know, is the, is the number. And Columbus, unfortunately is at plus 140 in the marketplace. So again, because the sportsbook is taking juice, that means in a well-lined game like this, you're not able to get any edge whatsoever, right? It's minus 2% edge to bet Tampa Bay. It's minus 1.2% edge to bet Columbus. Columbus, you're getting a little bit closer. You're getting a little bit closer to some value, but with, you know, a desiring a 3% or better edge here, as we look to do, that's just obviously not worth a bet. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is the average rating for Tampa Bay. Talked about average rating with regards to the North stuff. Going into the season, the market had Tampa Bay at 23% above average. I thought they were closer to 14% above average. Maybe that's because of not having Kucherov this season um, and the market not caring necessarily uh, or not adjusting enough for it, but that is what it is. Point is, the updated rating here is now 14% above average. That's within the market. Strangely enough, we've actually changed places here where I actually have Tampa rated even higher at 31% above average. Now, this early in the season, you have to go, why is that? And the answer is they've played the Chicago Blackhawks. So your rating is always, I shouldn't say always, but your rating with decent results, and in this case, decent results means pretty comfortable victories against the Blackhawks, is that, yeah, of course the number is going to be inflated. 
I mean, it's still based off of a root number against the average team. But again, when you play a that much below average team, that's probably still hasn't bottomed out to where we think they might go here. And listen, who knows how far this could go? I was way too high on them on the, when the season started. But again, my numbers factored in Taves and Kirby Dock and, you know, goaltending to at least a close level of Corey Crawford. Now you take those three things out and they're much a much worse team based on my ratings, which is going to increase Tampa Bay's rating. I know that's a little bit more complicated than you were maybe looking for here today. But the point is, is that my rating before the season on Tampa Bay and the rating right now match up almost perfectly. Uh, or I should say the market rating before the season, excuse me, my rating before the season and the market rating currently match up perfectly. And that's why there's no value on Tampa. The rating for Columbus has actually dropped and they're close to having value here, just not against Tampa Bay as they are, you know, listen, before the season, I was dead on uh, with the market with rating them about 3% above average. Now the market's kicked them down to about 7% below average. So does that mean, okay, we need to start betting Columbus? The short answer is yes, but the longer answer is yes, but just not today because of the number that we're seeing here that actually in this game has them rated slightly above average in thinking that they can compete with Tampa Bay and maybe they can, but we don't know enough right now about Tampa Bay to make that sort of decision-making. I wish there were more bets to make in the central, right? It seems like we are Canada heavy here. And on the surface, I'm like, is that like just because I'm in Canada and we're trying to, and I know more about these and maybe my, you know, I can, beat the market on Canadian games and whatnot. And I'm sort of like, I would love to make more bets when it comes to the central. But then I look at it and I go, of course I haven't made that many bets. For one, Dallas hasn't even played a game yet. So of course all, you know, their games all get canceled, which means, you know, two games from Tampa Bay get canceled. So we don't have that idea, that better idea of where Tampa Bay is right now because they haven't played since the weekend uh, early on in the season, really pre before the weekend against Chicago. Now Carolina's games are canceled. So now we're wiping out, obviously, not just Carolina information, but information of again, you know, teams that they're playing, the Nashvilles of the world. Chicago isn't bettable at this point. They are so much worse than we could ever imagine that it's almost impossible to get an accurate rating on them. And on the flip side, we can't really bet against them for essentially the same reason. Because the only option right now is to bet against Chicago. Now you're saying they're going like, perfectly good option to me. <laughs> Why wouldn't I do that? But are they really that horrific? Or is maybe Tampa Bay as good as my rating says, right? Again, same sort of deal. We don't really know. So I can't bet on Chicago because I don't have any sort of belief in them because I have eyes. And I can't bet against them because, by the way, if we're betting against them, we're probably laying minus 200, minus 220 against a thing that we're not even remotely close to certain of. We're not close to, you know, we're not certain of anything around here. We can only kind of be, you know, directionally certain in a lot of ways, right? Close to certain, you know, having an idea. Is it going that way? Okay, that's at least something. Chicago, we have no clue. Tampa Bay is finally back. We're going to be able to bet on some of their games. Do we want to? Who knows? We have to figure that out. And then finally, Detroit is a team we actually have been able to bet, bet on and do so successfully, right? We've only made three bets in the central and we're two and one. And they were both big underdog Detroit plays, right? Finding spots to bet Detroit at big numbers. So we like them. Florida don't know that much of Nashville hasn't played because they played obviously, but you know, their games have been canceled as they have to play. Uh, they're required to play Carolina here. We're seeing, of course, Columbus and Tampa Bay tonight. So again, it's not that I don't want to bet on the Central. It's not that I don't necessarily have an edge on the Central. It's that not all these teams are participating at this point in time. But I hope there's more to make in the future. Uh, before we get to the next thing, college basketball last night. Two and three was a drag. The swing game was Kentucky minus four, up six with two to play. So obviously, you know, more than capable of covering in that situation. But you get the standard college basketball player collapse where it's turnover, you know, front end of a one and one missed by a, what, I think he was like 83% on the season, something along those lines. 
And then the spiteful part of me rears its ugly head, and I'm glad that Georgia wins the game outright with a layup at the bell to just, of course, spite them entirely. Providence wins outright at Creighton. That's an interesting team, right? You know, what do they say? Death, taxes, and blank. Death, taxes, and Providence looking good. Once sort of late January and February roll around, look for them to sort of be the dark horse sleeper in the Big East tournament. You know, we do the same thing every year with a lot of these teams in college basketball. You might even in a year like this, right? If they can go on the road and beat Creighton, who knows what they're capable of. And at like, I think their number's like 150 to one to win the national title. Certainly very interesting as you go up and down that list and we'll talk more about that next week when we sort of turn our attention post football to college basketball and we get into those markets you'll see that like outside of Gonzaga and Baylor if you just penciled those two teams into the final four there's a lot of other teams that are just kind of meh and we'll talk about that a lot next week Auburn Almost blew the cover entirely. Massive lead in the first half. Got everything that we wanted out of Sharif Cooper. He looked great. And then they blow the game at one point, you know, plus six and a half. The game was on seven for a very brief period of time with about two or three minutes to go. And I was like, are we really going to go one and four? Because this isn't going to get there somehow. You know, 11, 12 point lead at the half, almost a 20 point lead early on in the first half. But fortunately enough, it you know did its college basketball thing where it became a one-point game because nobody was able to close in that situation. Anyway, next up, we've got some business in the form of the Vanier. Remember the thing that we've been doing, uh, our patented NFL mini contest for small groups of friends, families, coworkers, whatever. Just as a refresher, 13 games. Of the NFL playoffs means 26 sides, 26 totals for 52 available vets. You and three friends bid auction style for each one, eventually having 13 bets each. Best record at the end of the playoffs wins the quote-unquote pot. Couldn't be easier. And for the last two weeks, we've recorded the auction to show how easy it can be to give you that template so that you can do it as well. Obviously too late now, but we'll bring it back next year. And so at least you'll have a framework for, oh yeah, these guys did this last year and it actually turned out to be pretty fun. Or maybe you just think it's dumb and you want to bounce out of the podcast right now. I'd be totally fine with that uh, since we've already gotten to some of the more important business, if you will. That being said, uh, you know, you get to see what kind of demand there is, though, for each side in total, which perhaps helps you understand where the market is for these games. If you're wondering, is this line going to go down? Is this line going to go up? Is this total going to go up? Like, what is the demand? Is there, you know, we've had in the past, right, bidding wars of, you know, going up to $15, 15 window coin for one side or another. We've had other ones where just nobody wanted anything to do with it. And the $2 bids that ended up winning, ended up winning their game. And so you can see, right, like the counter, you know, however you want to sort of put it, right? There's a bunch of billion different, you know, phrases for it. But like, if you're going against the grain here, it might just work out even in the playoffs, even at bad numbers that we've had based on the fact that, of course, numbers change throughout the uh, week. So before I bring in the friends of the podcast, Brandon LaFave leads the way at seven and three. So will there be a particular strategy here to catch him? For me, in second place, I'm a game and a half back here at five and four. And so from a contest theory standpoint, if I need him to lose and I need me to win, from a probability standpoint, I rather go up against him, right? If there's a chance to go against him with a side that I like, I'll pay a little bit more because if I'm not just relying on me winning and him losing, me winning just takes care of the rest, right? It doesn't need to be, you know, it's the difference between a two-game parlay and a single bet. Why would I want to make a two-game parlay here with me needing the side that I have in this game and him needing to lose the side that he has in some other game, why wouldn't I just want to match up against him? And listen, all of this stuff is 50-50, right? That's the point of the point spread. That's the point of the total. And like maybe there's an edge here or there, especially since we had to adjust some of these numbers to get them off the key number of three and the totals were on flat numbers. So we had to move them off of a half point, less important from a total standpoint, but still, 
And so if there's a chance to go against him, I have to take that and I have to pay a little bit more. Also, I have four bets left to make because I didn't do enough bidding in the first week as we tried to keep this thing organized as best as I possibly could. The irony being that, you know, in this situation, it gets a little out of control. So I, I would like to use three of those this week, leaving one for the Super Bowl, while also trying to have the most window coin left to have my pick of the of side or total like the you know if i have the most window coin left if i have the biggest budget left you know it's not really it's not at all a bidding situation for the super bowl it's literally okay i've got the most money left i'm bidding my most money on this and if you want it you can get it if you have more money than i have left cuz we're just all emptying out the old change purse here in this situation so in a dream situation, I match up with Brandon as many times as I can. I expect him, he only needs three picks, so he's going to save one for the Super Bowl. I expect him to use two picks. If I can match up against him, kind of doesn't matter about the number, kind of doesn't matter about the price. And then secondarily, if I could end up with the most money left over and have my first pick of the Super Bowl, that would be great too. The best contests have elements of strategy that aren't super obvious right? Like survivor contests. You just think, oh yeah, pick a team to win and move on the next day, right? Like that's, that's the, the basic level of strategy, but it goes deeper than that. It's the same thing with this one. And I think that's what we've created here. And that's what makes this interesting and something that could catch on going forward. So let's have, let's see how this all plays out. All right, gentlemen, part three, the conference title game round. Let's start with the roll call. Brandon Lefebvre, the leader, three bets left to make, 47 window coin to bid with. How are you feeling as the hunted right now at seven and three? Uh, I feel pretty good. I was really hoping to get to eight last week, which I think might have locked things up pretty solidly. Uh, I really needed that KC game to uh, hit for David uh, with his two picks, but that did not happen. So uh, things are still close, so a little worried, but uh, I think I'm, I'm pretty comfortable right now. Yeah, we've hit this portion of the program where you're cheering for games that don't even involve a pick that you made uh, to help you out in the standings. Right. Yeah. Uh, and of course, brandonpicks.com should be live any day now with your success here, hitting at That's a right. clean yeah, keep 70. an eye out. 70% rate here. Uh, Ashish Barty got buck wild in part one, yep. but used your funds wildly. Don't think I didn't notice. Use your funds wisely in part two. Two and oh last week to jump back into things at five and five. You're like the Teddy KG, KGB of this group. <laughs> hanging around, just hanging around. <laughs> so I guess that makes me the Matt Damon, actually. Since yeah, I'm still I hanging around. that's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want to do the K Teddy KJB voice uh, throughout the rest of the podcast, you're welcome yeah. to do so. Uh, David Pereira, mathematically eliminated. Have you started strategic planning for the Vanier 2022 just yet? Oh, so I guess you didn't see the news. I, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, What's so the news? Biden just passed an executive order to make all okay. uh, picks in this round worth five points and Super Bowl worth 10. So I think I'm actually, oh. I still got a chance. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. I did see there was a listing on CNN about all of each day for the rest of the month is for like a different thing. And that's, you know, it's like January, whatever is like the COVID day. We're going to work on this. And then February was just blocked off for restore America's place in the rest of the world. Like it was like <laughs> COVID gets a day, you know, equality gets a day, America's place in the rest of the world. We're going to need the full month of February. It's, and as Emily said, it's not, it's not a full month, right? It's not a 30, 31 day or so at least it's a tighter month. So I didn't see that as part of his agenda. Um, but that's, uh, that's, we're gonna have to factor that into the, uh, to the rules and regulations here. And uh, either way, uh, whether or not that gets passed here, uh, I thank you for playing spoiler. Uh, eight sides in totals up for bid here, guys. You know how this works. Underdog, favorite, over, under. And we're going to start in the NFC. The underdog, of course, Tom Brady, 
Tampa Bay, the number here, plus three and a half. We're watching it. It's sort of ticking down. It's flirting with three in real life. Of course, no pushes here. So we have to go off of a half point. And in this case, Tampa plus three and a half. Do we have any opening bids for this one? I'll go four. I'll go $4. That's hilarious. She's just going to open it up with four. Okay. That's funny because I was going to open it up at $4. Oh, okay. Uh, six coming for you, Brandon. I'm coming for you. Six dollars. <laughs> Brandon says six. Do I hear seven? I'll do seven. Do I hear eight? Uh, yeah, eight dollars. Brandon's in for eight. Do I hear nine? Let's make it nine. Sheesh is in for nine. Do I hear ten? Yeah, ten. Brandon's in for ten. Do I hear eleven? Eleven to a sheesh. He's thinking about it. David's on mute. He doesn't want anything to do with it. Ashish, do we hear 11? Russell, you're not getting in on this. You got four picks to make. I am, I am waiting to see what happens here. Three. Three picks. I got, I got a, I'm aware. Uh, we're gonna, we got to go going once. We got to go going twice. I'll go 11. Let's go 11. He's in. Dramatic right off the right off the start here. He's nothing if not a content provider. So we're at eleven to Ashish. Brandon, do I hear twelve? Yeah, twelve. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, plus three and a half. We got twelve for Brandon. Ashish, you were thinking about it at eleven. Now we're up to thirteen to you. I'll give it to Brandon. You can take it and go. He's take it and go. Passing. Take it and go. Brandon gets Tampa Bay plus three and a half for, what did I say it was? 12? Yeah, 12. $12. Okay. So that means only one thing. It's time to auction off Green Bay minus three and a half. Does anybody want to start the bidding on that side of things? I'll happily start it at a dollar. Green Bay minus three and a half. Aaron Rodgers, maybe you've heard of him. Do I hear two for anybody out there? I guess it might Someone's got to get in here, boys. I'll go two. <laughs> Ashish, you're going to go two. Okay, yeah. I'll go three. Let's go, let's go seven. Save time here. Oh, kicking it up to seven. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll go eight. Do I hear nine out there? Let's do nine. Ashish is in for nine. Just bid it all the way up to 13 on the opposite side. And now he's on this side, bidding it to nine. Is he doing it just because? Do we really know, right? This turns into a bit of a poker match. Uh, I'll go to 10. I'll go to 10. Why not? Do I hear 11? Yep, 11. Wow, 11. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll go to 12. 12 works for me. How about 13 to you, sir? I'm in. He is in for 13. Woo! Thrill a minute stuff here, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to go 14. 14 for me, Green Bay minus three and a half. This guy's not stepping down. <laughs> Do you want 15? $15. Green Bay minus three and a half. You didn't want Tampa Bay plus three and a half for 15, though 13 was looking pretty good for you. What do you think? What's Going that? once. Is that 13? Uh, yeah, what did I just say? What, did I, am I, what are we at? 13? I'll have to go, have to go back in. Yeah, I think listen. so. I think I'm at 13. Aren't I? All right. You can have it. Okay, sold to me for, I think, $13, but we'll have to check the tape on that one. It was bound to happen at one point. Lots going on here. I'm trying to, trying to record keep, like, the whole thing is uh, a lot going on. Uh, so let's get into it. The total, we got uh, the total of 50 and a half. Over is the first thing that we bid on. Over 50 and a half. Anybody interested in that to start the bidding? Yeah, $1. $1 to Brandon for over 50 and a half in the Tampa Bay Green Bay NFC Championship game. Anybody else in to uh, spice the bidding up here? 
I'll go five. Over. Oh. David's in for five. Here he is, everybody. He's shown up for a fiver. Do I hear six? Brandon's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. Do I want two sides of that game? That's the big question burn, here. Money and to burn. Money to burn, <laughs> indeed. Though, how high would David necessarily go? Yeah, I'll go six. You know, he is going to go six. Okay. Do I hear seven? I will go seven. David's going seven. Do I hear eight? No. 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 Pass on eight. Does that mean I want to go eight? That's the real question here. You know what, David? I'm going to bid eight here. I'll snap back with nine. Wow. He's snapping Not back cool. with nine. Doesn't like that I Not hopped nice. in a little <laughs> bit late there. Uh, all right. That's fair. Uh, that's going to be a going once. Going twice. Sold the over 50 and a half to David for $9. That time I wrote it down. So congrats to me for, uh, you know, keeping this thing afloat just barely. Uh, all right. That means the under is up next. Under 50 and a half, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Who wants to start the bidding here? I'll, I'll go one. She's in for one. I'll go for two. She's interested in three. Let's go four. She's just going up to four. I'm going to go five. Let's go six. She's just going six. I will go seven. You're dogging me. I know you're dogging me. <laughs> Do I hear eight? Uh, yeah, I'm in. She's just in for eight. Do I want to go nine here for the under? Let's just see here. What, what should we do? You know what? I'm going to pass on it. Yep. Going once, going twice, sold for $8 to achieve the under 50 and a half in the NFC title game. So we, what do we got here so far? Everybody's in for a different side and total, I believe. Yep. Everybody's got a piece of that first game? Yep. Yep. Correct. Okay, just double checking here. Got to keep everything on the up and up. You're a wily group. All right, AFC Championship game here. We start, as usual, with the underdog. Tricky spread to make, tricky spread to follow. Kind of waited as long as I possibly could to send this out. Not that we would get necessarily any real information when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. Did he practice? Yes. You know, was it limited? Was it full? There was some controversy about that today. That being said, we're going to keep the number at two and a half, right? Not moving it up to three and a half, though that may be where this ends up closing. Does that add some extra value to Kansas City minus two and a half, given that there may be some significant closing line value? Or are you willing to take the risk here that maybe Patrick Mahomes doesn't play and we're looking at something like Buffalo minus six, minus seven, who knows? you know, once that announcement comes or maybe just doesn't end up coming. So Buffalo two and a half is the number that we're bidding on here. Who would like to start the bidding? Gentlemen, go for it. $1. Brandon's in for one on Buffalo plus two and a half. Anybody in for two? Two on the bills. I'm in. Ashish is in for two. I'll go for three. Uh, four. Brandon's in for four. Do I hear five? Sure. Sheesh. Sheesh. sure. Uh, not super. Not super excited about it. But he's in for five. Do I hear six? It is currently five to a sheesh. Do I hear six? I don't know. What are you doing, Russ? <laughs> That's a good question uh yeah um that is a really good question you know what i'll hop in here on uh on six buffalo plus two and a half six for me do i hear seven seven is the number buffalo plus two and a half seven window coin do i hear seven going once 
Do I hear seven going twice? I'm in. You are in for? Seven dollars. Seven window coin. Uh, all right, then uh, I got to think about this further here. Do I want eight? Do I want eight here? Hmm. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go in for eight here. Eight at Buffalo plus two and a half. Do I hear nine? Nope. I'm done. No, he's done. Brandon, you want back in. Going once. Going twice. Sold to me. Buffalo plus two and a half for eight window coin. Which, and this should be interesting, sets up Kansas City minus two and a half here. Again, talked about it. Assuming we get Patrick Mahomes playing in this game, this is where there may be value. So who wants to start the bidding? Uh, one dollar. Brandon's in for one. Do I hear two? I'll go five. Ashish is upping it to five, and I dig it. Do I hear six? Six. Six to Brandon. Do I hear seven? You hear ten. You, I, I do hear ten. Do I hear eleven? Splash in the pot. <laughs> Just splash. That's what he does. He's got the Oreos going. My Oreos. Let's go. (laughs) It's a whole thing. It's a whole doings of transpiring. Do I hear 11, Brandon? No. No, he's going to pass on it. Can I just say that that anything is possible? (laughs) (laughs) Anything is possible. That's very correct. At this stage, though, it's $10, Kansas City minus two and a half. It is going once. It's going twice, and it is sold to Ashish for 10 window coin. Beautiful. That puts two in the column for Ashish here, as we've got two things left to uh, sell here. Uh, The over, 54 and a half, is the first thing up for bids. Who wants to start the bidding here? Brandon, you want to start the bidding? Yeah, one dollar. Brandon's in for one. He's got one bet so far. He's looking to make a second bet here. It's either going to be the over or the under. I too am looking for one more bid here and it's gotta be either the over or the under. And if I'm looking at David, he's already got one bid this, or one win, I should say, one bet this round. He's got one left to do. If he's saving that for the Super Bowl, that means it's really just down to Brandon and I for which side we which side we want to have here. And so do you want the over? Do you want the under? And what are you willing to pay for it? So you're in for a dollar at over 54 and a half. I'll go in for $2. Do I hear three, Brandon? $3. Okay, you're in for three. Uh, I'll go to four. Do I hear $5? Uh, no, you know what? You can have it. He's going to get the other one for a dollar then, freebie. All right, that's enough logic out of you over there. (laughs) We don't have have time for any of that nonsense, sir. Uh, Okay, so that, uh, you're passing. It's going once, going twice, sold. Yeah. For, what did I say, $4? That's right. I, just, I, saw, I saw Brandon's $4. eyes light up as he realized, oh, I saw his eyes just light up. <laughs> Take me to Value Town, Brandon. <laughs> that being said, we do have to go through the bidding process because yeah, you don't necessarily go. have to have, uh, you know, you don't have to have a side left over or a space left over, right? Your 13th bet does not have to happen for the Super Bowl which means anybody can have at this. But I assume we're going to start the bidding here at $1. Anybody can bid, and Brandon has bid $1. He's planting his flag here. And now it's just a matter of, listen, I can't bid it because I've already got the over. So it's the responsibility right now of the other two people to play a little chicken here, right? Do you just bid Brandon up so that he's spending more money on 
getting this bid or do you actually want it? And at what point will Brandon be willing to sort of stop here? And maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe nothing happens here and it's just a $1 win for Brandon, but let's Is see the how under this over. turns out. What are, we, what are we betting on? Under or over right now? <laughs> it's, it's the under, <laughs> under, under 54. Why are you asking irrelevant questions, Ashish? <laughs> under 54 and a half, $1 to I, want, I like. Do I like... actually like the under, to be perfectly honest, to bet that under anyways. Okay. So under two dollars to you. I'll go three. I'll go three. He's gone to three. Okay, there you go. Making him pay the uh, the full price, if you will. If I got the over at four dollars, you got to think the under is probably worth it. Four dollars. Brandon's in for four dollars. Do I hear five? Remember, if you outbid Brandon, you are not eligible for Super Bowl play. That is the one thing that uh, that may dissuade uh, you here. I can sleep at night now that he's paying $4, so I'm good. <laughs> okay. Uh, $4 going once, going twice. Sold to Brandon the under 54 and a half in the AFC championship game. Ashish, you didn't, you didn't like that I my other two $1 bids won. Is that why? You're just like, <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> That's right. Nobody's gotten more value for his money uh, than Brandon has so far in this contest. So let's do a quick recap here, gentlemen. So Brandon, your two plays, of course, we just saw you go for the under 54 and a half in the AFC championship game. And your big money purchase was Tampa Bay plus three and a half for, I have you down for a $12 purchase. Is that correct? Uh, That's right. Yep. $12 there, $4 on the one we just did. That's correct. So you're at, you've paid $16 today. Uh, That leaves you with... $31, $31 for the Super Bowl. Wow. All all right. So I had to make three plays today. Uh, I spent $13, we think, on the Green Bay Packers minus three and a half. And then I spent $8 on the Buffalo Bills plus two and a half. That's $21 altogether. And then four more dollars, that's $25 altogether. Uh, that minus, uh, the 54 that I've already had here, 25 is $29 left for the Super Bowl. So Brandon will have the most money going into the Super Bowl. I think, let me just double check this here as Ashish, you had two selections in this. You spent $8 on the under 50 and a half, and then you spent... Uh, what was it on the Kansas City minus two and a half? Was it 10? It was 10, yeah. It was 10. Okay, so that's 18 total minus, uh, minus 18 off of your 41. That's $23 for the Super Bowl, which is effectively the next choice. And then David making one selection, correct? Over 50 and a half in the NFC Championship game for nine dollars that puts you at thirteen dollars remaining so you will essentially get the last piece of that puzzle come super bowl time because obviously with one game left one bet left to make for each one of us and it just kind of matters how much money you have left you know you know then sort of becomes a draft essentially right brandon will be able to make his first pick side total whatever he wants over under underdog whatever all of that happening, uh, uh, I guess a week from now, I guess it'd be two weeks from now. You got yeah. to skip, right? I, you know, slipped my mind entirely. Part, uh, of, my stra- part, of, my strategy, part of my strategy was built around having the most money left going into the Super Bowl. I well, want a first pick. Yeah, that, and that's an absolute, like, that's a very fair, legitimate strategy. My strategy going in, and you'll hear this as I taped a intro into this segment, is that my strategy to try to catch you was I wanted to be on the other side of you, oh, kind of okay. no matter what you selected here, because like to catch you, I need you to lose, and I also need to win, and yep. not unlike you know the Super Contest or the Circa Million, where it's like, it's not enough in that last week that you just win all your games if you're trying to catch people. I mean, that helps, but if you're going up against somebody, you're sort of 
killing two birds with one stone if you win and they lose. And so that was my strategy going into this. So I think we both successfully yeah, allowed sense. ourselves an opportunity as best we possibly can here. So that should be fun. Um, especially since, you know, listen, I'm going against you in that first game, Green Bay and Tampa yeah. Bay. And then I'm going against you in the last you know, yep. element here, the total. Uh, so that should be exciting and we'll see if Ashish plays an, uh, a role in this at five and five so uh, that's the story on the those. Vanier. Gotta split those. <laughs> so, well we'll see and what Brandon would vote. We, we'll see well that's the other element right if we given the fact that we are one of us is getting a point in each one of those are we sort of boxing you out as well so obviously a lot left to be decided here gentlemen i thank you again for a thrilling round of the vanier uh we'll see you two weeks from now Thanks a lot, boys. Always a pleasure. Later, guys. See you, boys. Okay, so that escalated quickly at one point, uh, losing track of the bidding, but that's going to happen. No big deal there. Editor's note, it was $14, not $13. As you guys at home were probably like, it's 14 It's 14 uh, just goes to show sort of how fast things are moving. You're trying to auction stuff off. I'm trying to do math and figure out how much money I have to sort of budget here to try to get the most money into the Super Bowl. And I'd have liked to have saved enough to have the first pick, you know, my pick of the four bets, if you will, for the Super Bowl. Just didn't work out that way. I thought we'd see a lot more money going towards Kansas City minus two and a half. And that's part of the reason why I bought Buffalo at plus two and a half. Um, but that didn't really happen. So I thought we that was going to be our, my best chance to get the most money as it is. Second most money, that's fine. Brandon can pick whatever he wants um, for the Super Bowl. And who knows, right? Maybe uh, you know, there's a decent chance that I don't even want that side. Maybe it's a total that I'm more confident in come the Super Bowl. Of course, we don't know the matchups or the numbers yet. So it's all kind of a mystery, right? Maybe having the first pick isn't even all that valuable. Uh, it was more important, I think to get head-to-head -head matchups with Brandon. Like that, I thought, was the more critical thing for the reasons that I mentioned um, going into the auction. Uh, and finally, big title game tomorrow. Uh, handicapping show, I should say, tomorrow. Uh, down to just two games, so it'll be nice to do a shorter show. And, of course, we'll have some Let's Do That Hockey as well. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast and the Action Network game previews. Helps more than you even know. Everything is available at MRussAuthentic on Twitter. Until next time, I'll see you at the window.